guys, welcome back to another episode of The Ride. Uh, this week, Michaela and I had a chance to sit down and talk with Kelly Altschwager, who owns Western Workouts here in Colorado. And if you guys are fans of the magazine or follow our website, horseandrider.com, you are familiar with Kelly. She's done all these amazing rider fitness articles for us, whether it's just uh, helpful tips to keep you going all day when it comes to nutrition and water and all that fun stuff or actual like circuits you can do at home. Um, she's been a fantastic addition to a horse and rider and we're actually in the process of bringing her on for horse and rider on demand. Yeah. You recently did a video shoot with her and got a ton of videos. So I'm excited for us to create those series and let people watch all of those workout videos and really get fit for their horse. Because as we talk with Kelly, that is super important. Yeah, I think it's something that we kind of push to the side because I know like when I'm at the barn all day, like I'm tired by the end of the day, like my body is hurting, like I have been out in the sun probably, you know, I haven't, you know, probably didn't drink enough water, like I'm exhausted, but Kelly is, talks about how important it is to not only like make sure that you've been drinking enough water, but like making sure that you're working out because it's so true, like you need that core strength to do barrel racing or cow horse stuff like you need that strength to stay centered in the saddle and ride your horse and so I really really love her her approach to fitness for riding and yeah like you said the videos we got a ton of videos and I think they're going to be things that people are really going to enjoy and hopefully it inspires people to add fitness to their routine especially while we're in like a quarantine pandemic where people don't necessarily want to go to a gym you and I are like super fitness freaks. So we had a ton of fun talking to Kelly and this was just a fun interview where, you know, we got to chat with Kelly and you and I even learned a lot. There's one point in the interview where Kelly says something about horse training and Nicole and I kind of sit up and look at each other and we're like, Oh wow, that really, that really clicks. So I think you guys will really, really truly enjoy this episode, whether you are a fitness freak like us, or not, maybe you'll turn into one. So from here, I know Nicole and I could talk forever about fitness, and we probably do with Kelly. So we'll just talk about some current events now. So um, a big current event that is the IHSA, which is the Intercollegiate Horse Show Association, just announced that they're introducing ranch riding to their lineup of classes. So right now in the, the Western part of things, they do horsemanship and reining, um, along with some English events, but for the Western side, it's always been horsemanship and reining and ranch riding is something they are now going to have at their horse shows, which I think is such a great idea because it is a huge event. Yeah. So many people are getting involved in the ranch riding. I mean, if you just take a look at Facebook alone, people are loving the ranch riding classes and, you know, they're wanting to learn more about it. And I personally find it to be a super interesting event. I don't compete in it. But I know learning from Bud Lyon from our Horse and Rider On Demand videos that it's really cool. And I have learned a lot through him. So I think that adding this event is something that's going to be a lot of fun for the Western college riders. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, um, our, our good friend Bud Lyon, who is a part of our On Demand program, he is a ranch riding guy he's won the world show in it and actually he's at the youth world right now and one of his customers just won the 13 and under ranch riding so he's definitely if you are interested in learning more about the sport definitely check out our videos bud is the go-to guy for that stuff along with the reining yeah he is the master of ranch riding i mean just take a look at results and the proof is in the pudding but speaking of bud being at the youth world show that is going on, and Bud has actually taken over our Instagram for the past few days and is continuing to do so. So if you guys haven't been to our Instagram, go check out our Instagram highlights, and you can catch up on all the videos and then keep watching all of them because we are getting some really cool behind-the-scenes action with Bud right now, getting a look at the Youth World Show. I haven't ever been, so I know that I'm learning a lot, and it's really cool to see all of that stuff. Yeah, the youth world um, was a huge part of my youth career because I showed the quarter horse stuff. And so um, it's always been so special to me. But I think the really cool thing about the youth world, and I'm hoping Bud has a chance to um, show this on our Instagram, is each team competes as a state. So like you're stalled with your states and you have to do stall decorations. And whoever has the best stall decorations wins. You know, there's a contest. And so 
but it's just is the only time at a horse show where you're stalling with other people from your state and competing as a team to represent you know Illinois is what I represented because I'm from Illinois, but like you represented your team. And so it's really cool. But Bud is also doing interviews with a bunch of youth kids and you're learning about, you know, their first time showing there, learning about the brands, learning special tricks that they have with their horse, including uh, Jojo Robinson, who just won the showmanship on her reigning horse, who is now a ranch riding horse. Um, But she does a little trick on him and, So it's just, it's fun stuff. And I love seeing these kids having fun, even though we are in a very weird time right now. Yeah. I think that that's super important that we're still letting these youth kids and the youth in general in our country have fun. So I think the horse kids are at an advantage that we're still making it a priority for them to be able to show and get that, you know, part that experience in their life because you know some of these kids this might be the one time that they're able to do it or they're starting to age out and they want to get their last show in as a youth yeah absolutely um speaking of recent horse shows and events you got to go to Cheyenne and that was the first time that you've competed at that arena right it's it's a pretty special arena for the barrel racers and the rodeo people Yeah, so the Frontier Park in Cheyenne, Wyoming is like a huge deal. And they normally, to my knowledge, don't let very many events happen there other than the Cheyenne Frontier Days. So having this barrel race held up there was kind of a huge deal. Granted, it wasn't on the same exact pattern that's ran at Cheyenne Frontier Days, but it's still pretty cool to be able to run in that arena and, you know, get a feel for the dirt because I was actually going to enter that rodeo this year I you know filled my pro card this past summer so I was going to enter the pro rodeo but the pandemic kind of canceled that so you know this was a good second best and kind of let me and my horse get a feel for it and see you know do we really have what it takes to be able to compete against all of these people and you know is this arena gonna suit my horse or you know is it just gonna be a waste of money if I go up here and run and you know, I learned that I don't think it's going to be a waste of money. I think my horse is going to do really good up there. Yeah, you actually, uh, you ended up third out of like 250 people? Yeah, I was fourth out of 250 and then seventh the next day. Everybody really sped up and there were some really nice horses there. So I'm pretty proud. And then I ended up third in the average. So being third in the average is really awesome. So I'm really proud of my horse and being able to go up there. It was just kind of a dream come true because I was going to go to another race and then I saw this one pop up and I was like, no, 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 we are going to Cheyenne. It's only an hour and a half from my house. So I will make the drive back up there two days and make some runs. And actually our other editor, Chelsea Schaefer ran up there too. She's also a barrel racer. So it was kind of fun to get to see her after some time in, you know, at staying at home, we're not all working in the office. So it's kind of fun to catch up with her and see her at a barrel race but yeah it was it was something that was really unique and I'm excited to maybe they'll do another barrel race again up there but if not I'll for sure be at the rodeo next year so um I know that I don't have a lot of experience with the barrel racing or the rodeo circuit or any of that and maybe some of our listeners don't either can you explain like the pro card and how that works and are they gonna does it go over to 2021 so you don't have to worry about like refilling it Yeah, so I had my permit up until the beginning of July, which on your permit, you have to win $1,000. So after you win $1,000, then you have your pro card, which then any money that has been won over your $1,000 counts on your pro card, which you have the rodeo circuit, and then you have the divisional barrel racing circuit, which I do more of the divisional barrel racing circuit. So that's where my money is counted in those standings. You won't see my name in the standings on the pro rodeo circuit because I don't enter rodeos. But that's how you fill your money on your card at rodeos, and that's how you make it to the national finals rodeo in Las Vegas. So I don't know if that really explains it all, but, I mean, it's all still kind of new to me, so I'm still kind of learning. So that's kind of the gist of it, and I think I'm currently 12th or so in the mountain states divisional circuit 
out of around 40 or 50 girls. So I would have had a lot more had my permit counted towards my world or my standings, but they don't. Oh, well, that's okay. It's still cool to see my name in there because as a little girl, that was something I was like, oh, the professional barrel racers. That's so cool. So to see my name on their website is kind of fun. Well, it is cool because not only did you start barrel racing later in the year because of the pandemic, but you're a lot of these pro barrel racer girls, uh, that's all they do. That They just go from rodeo to rodeo, barrel race to barrel race. You have a full-time job. So it's not like you're constantly on the road like some of these other people. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, and just the solid weekend warrior going to, you know, the weekend jackpots. And it kind of shows that, you know, you can have fun, have a full-time job and, you know, still do okay. Absolutely. Well, um, on that note, why don't we jump into this interview with Kelly? I know that I'm super excited about it and I'm sure that our listeners are going to love it. Today, we're joined with Kelly Altschwager of Western Workouts, and boy, is she going to be a fun guest on the podcast today. Uh, she's shown Rainer. She has, um, she does some of the trail riding out in the backcountry. I mean, you do it all, but also you focus on fitness for horse riders, which I think is really important because a lot of people forget that we're also athletes with our horses. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy that you could come on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, you've been a long time contributor to Horse and Rider. You've done um, some other stuff for Active Interest Media, which is our parent company. And you're actually going to be doing some stuff for Horse and Rider On Demand, which I'm so excited about. Uh, I think it'll be really, really nice to complement the horse training with the, the fitness training that people can do when they don't get to go to the barn. So be sure to look out for that. But we want to dive deep and kind of learn more about who you are and how you even got involved in the horse industry to begin with. Absolutely. Um, so I, I grew up riding. I grew up in the Midwest, um, started taking lessons when I was really, really young. I didn't come from a horse family and uh, got into, in my, I guess, early teenage years, maybe a little bit younger, um, started showing Western and English pleasure horses. Um, kind of got into all around horses from there and then got into jumping pretty heavily. And then, uh, after I graduated high school, I moved out to Fort Collins, Colorado and, uh, worked for a stock contractor. I've worked for some horse trainers. So, uh, when I moved out here, I really got to focus, um, on Western performance and my whole life has pretty much been based around either horses or fitness and sports, however you want to look at it. And uh, I was really lucky enough to, after moving out here and getting into cow horses, rainers, um, you know, I guess when I worked for that stock contractor, I'd like to say I can rope. Physically, I can attempt it, but that's about as good as it gets as an attempt. Um, but it just kind of really showed me the, the need for uh, physical fitness just beyond working out kind of mindlessly for competitive riders and even your everyday recreational riders. Uh, riding is such a uh, physically demanding sport and there's so, so much to it on so many levels. Um, and it's amazing what can be changed both through horse and rider when you focus on bettering yourself in the saddle. So what was that kind of, um, turning point in your career where you were like, I want to, I want to help other riders get into their fitness and strength, because I feel like in the last maybe 10 years, I've noticed that more horse trainers are being open about like, Hey, I get up at three in the morning and I start working out before I ride. But I don't remember that being the norm when I was growing up. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I, I mean, I remember, you know, similarly growing up, riding was the exercise and going out and dropping your stirrups for hours on end. And that, that was the work. Um, it was definitely after I'd moved out to Colorado, I had ridden for a couple performance trainers. And during that time, um, I had also had my kids. So I think, you know, we all know the challenges that come with, 
um, being a mom and training horses and schedules and, and just having, you know, newborn babies to tend to. And I was lucky enough, uh, some of the people I worked for, you know, let me bring my kids along, but it was while I was there, um, and working on my own fitness after having kids and watching my ability with everything from, you know, young colts and getting out of their way so they can learn better and smoother and faster instead of kind of fighting each other all the way to, you know, just keeping non-pro horses fine-tuned. And again, having the ability to have the body control and timing and spatial awareness. Um, I noticed it myself as I tried to, you know, get back in shape after having kids, but it was also in working with some different non-pros and, you know, how some horses really are hot rods and they don't, you know, they don't babysit us quite the same and seeing the struggle between, um, you know, different riders or owners and their horses, you know, it's not about not being able to ride or not being a good rider. It's about being a better rider. And it was through that time at those performance barns where, you know, everyone there can ride, but, you know, everyone wants that next step up and, and to address, even if it's, you know, mobility issues, flexibility issues, um, just to enjoy riding more, to not have it hurt your knees or not have it hurt your back or hips. Um, it was being really surrounded by such a plethora of people on all different levels and all different, um, you know, age uh, groups and genders and, and seeing the different struggles from one to another and really kind of putting together, hey, I have the, you know, the education and um, personal training, nutrition, physical fitness, and I have the ability here horseback to truly apply it. Um, I'd like to say most trainers could help their clients that are riders, you know, in general. But I think the true application of, of horsemanship and the physical demand of it was something that made me really excited to just know that, hey, there is a little bit of this disconnect, especially in Western fitness. I think some of our um, dressage riding, jumping, they, there's more fitness, uh, I don't know if I want to say programs, but information out there. And our, our Western disciplines kind of were missing it. Um, and they're just as physically demanding. So it was really exciting for me there just to, to see that, that disconnect and then decide, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be the connector for it. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of Western riders think that they can get their workout in just by, like you said, dropping your stirrups for a day mm -hmm. or we go and throw bales and yep. do all at the barn and that's enough. But can you explain to our listeners why it is so critical to have a good fitness background, not only for yourself, but for your horse? Absolutely. So I, I like to usually start by comparing it to what we do for our horses. If we really stop and break down what we do for our horses, whether it's the, the team of people we create for them from their vet to their farrier to equine massage, equine chiropractic work, the time we spend in the saddle or their trainers spend on them, you know, balancing them out. Uh, I like the analogy, you know, if your horse is kind of stiff or tight to one direction, you don't just stop riding them that way. You do more work, you bend them more, you do drills to help loosen them up, to even out their, their strengths and, uh, and flexibility. And we really have to apply that same mentality to us. Uh, it's important for us to be balanced for our horses. They, I mean, they feel a fly on their, on their skin. They're going to feel the difference, you know, in, in one hip bone to the other or leg to the other, how we're sitting and putting that time in uh, is so crucial because while what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, just owning horses is very physical, a lot of times because it's just such a, um, you know, moving hay, tossing grain bags, filling waters, it can be mindless in the sense of its routine. We routinely do it daily. And a lot of times we wind up straining ourselves muscularly um, through our ligaments and tendons instead of strengthening them because we're just getting by because we can. It's something we are physically capable of, but we're not engaging the muscles we need. We're not really mindfully showing up for what we're doing. And so I think putting in that extra time and effort outside of the saddle, um, doing, you know, pre and post ride stretches, doing some workouts that are specific to the muscle groups we ride, we use when we ride, 
on top of some workouts specific to the muscle groups we don't use as dominantly to keep us balanced, it's, it's night and day once you get back in the saddle. Well, and you, you kind of say, like you said, it's, it becomes a routine. And mm-hmm. I know, especially with this quarantine going on, like it was really hard to get motivated to, to go out and do, you know, physical activity and just stay fit and all this. Yeah. But it's amazing how different my mindset got once I started working out again. And it's not just the physical part when it comes to actually being stronger in the saddle, but I think it's also like a mental thing and an energy thing. And it's just going to overall help. I I couldn't agree more with that. I, I tell all my clients and I'm sure, you know, in the beginning, everyone rolls their eyes, but once it connects or once it clicks, I say often, you know, keep your mind on the muscle and motion. And it's something I think every last one of us can apply, regardless of the discipline you ride, regardless of, of, you know, your day-to-day routine with your animals, with your horses, but keeping your mind on the muscle and motion and being an active participant in what you're doing makes it so much more, like you were saying, you know, um, on the mental aspect, makes it so much more rewarding. You know, you showed up, you didn't just go through the motions. And the more you show up, the more you get motivated, the more change you see, the more progress you see. And let's be real, the more progress you see, the more you want, because it, it starts to feel really good. You know, it, it feels good to feel good. And then you notice your horse getting better and you feel better and you show up in a better mood and your horse is in a better mood. And it's really a come full circle on the physical to mental for both you and your horse. It really is. And it's so, like you said, it is so motivating being competitors mm-hmm. in the arena or, you know, whether you're just trail riding, you really look at your horse and you worry about his fitness and his yes. nutrition. And then sometimes as riders, we just really don't think about our own fitness and nutrition. And I think that, you know, we're hitting a lot on fitness, but how does nutrition play into some of this? Nutrition is, it's so important. And, and ultimately, Um, If you were, let's just say, for example, you know, your main goals were losing body fat, gaining or maintaining muscle. At the end of the day, nutrition is that magic um, key factor. But even furthermore, it's your energy. Food is fuel. You need to fuel your muscles um, or feed your muscles, excuse me, and fuel your body. And it's very similar and uh, the same as how we look at our horses, you know, Let's say your horse is highly competitive. And even beyond that, let's just say he's a hard keeper versus an easy keeper. You really adjust their fueling systems by what you feed them. And we have to look at ourselves similarly. You know, is what I'm eating now or whether it's a long weekend at a show or a long weekend out on the trail or a long weekend just working in the saddle. Let's, you know, let's say it's your day-to-day job, whether you're a trainer or you're cowboying. I mean, there's so many different facets to it. You have to fuel yourself because uh, not only does your body need it to perform, but your mind, your brain needs it to perform to keep you clear and concise in your thinking and your decision making. And we kind of forget that everything we eat, it's not just because we're hungry. It's its to fuel our body for performance mentally and physically. Well, and this kind of brings me back to an article you and I have worked on in the past, uh, specifically to horse showing because I yeah. am so guilty of going to the concession stand and just <laughs> grabbing a hamburger or chicken strips or whatever <laughs> I can get my hands on and you made such a strong point where it's it's not that hard to think ahead and just mm-hmm. pack a cooler full, full of food that's going to actually fuel your body instead of making you really groggy and tired yeah and I think we just like we're not aware of it until we get to the horse show and we're like oh my god this is my only option Right. And, and I think you're, you're spot on with that. You don't think about it. You know, you're packing and preparing so many things for your horse, both feed, tack, you name it. Um, you know, when we kind of grab what we need clothes wise and call it good, it doesn't take that much more to fill a cooler. And you know what, if you got to grab that burger or those chicken strips as a last minute here and there, not the end of the world, but if it's your fuel every day and you're you're getting way too much fat in and not enough protein or carbs, you know, and that body is working so hard to process it. And I always think of summertime shows, the heat of the day, and you need to get horses rode and you're starving. because you probably didn't eat enough in the morning to begin with. And you eat that kind of heavy, greasy concession stand meal. Like I can, I can feel it 
you know, I, I remember this from growing up, just that heavy kind of feeling in your stomach. And then you're so ready for a nap, but you need to get things done. And it's like, you just become like a sloth in how you move. And that truly comes from fuel uh, and hydration. I mean, water intake is another big one. You know, it's easy to grab a, a diet Coke or something for some energy, but um, you know, water is just as important and having that water on hand, staying hydrated. You know, we worry about our horses being hydrated and, and we need to do the same for ourselves and pack that cooler and load it full of stuff. And if, you know, keep it cool, if you don't eat it all, you can always take it home. But, you know, anywhere from pre-sliced fruits and veggies to pre-cook, you know, some chicken or have some lean or low sodium deli lunch meat and string cheese or Greek yogurt. I mean, there's so many on the go options and you would be amazed at just how much better you perform by preparing. I mean, same would go for, for, you know, trail riding or those big long weekend trips you have, you probably have saddlebags. Most people probably have the insulated saddlebags if that's what their main, um, you know, riding is their discipline and load those up with waters and snack options. And whether you snack all day long or you have a couple big meals, prepare them, you know, you get to enjoy it more. You get to feel better. Yeah. And like you said, there's the, there's so many options out there when it comes to like coolers and stuff and those insulated coolers for, for trail riding are amazing. And I know that the Yetis do really well. I have a like 36 ounce one that I take to the barn all the time. Oh, see. Yep. Yeah, because like you, I think you're the one that actually woke me up and was like, hey, you're probably not drinking enough water. Why are you getting so hot and dizzy and tired? And like, you need more water intake when it's hot out. And I was like, oh my gosh, Kelly's right. I need to go get a bigger like water jug because I only drank, you know, a small amount because I had yep. a small water jug. And you have that gigantic gallon one, which I love. <laughs> and it like inspired me to go get my own. Oh, that makes me so happy. It. It sounds so ridiculous. And like, I hear myself say it sometimes and I'm like, wow, Kelly, that sounds insane. But it's such a, it's such a cold, hard truth. Um, and I am so guilty of it. If I just have a small water bottle, I usually forget how many times I filled it. And that's if I remember to fill it. And it sounds so lazy. Like how hard is it to go fill up your water bottle? But I know if I just have a small one, I won't, I won't do that. So yeah, I have that gigantic, you know, gallon jug and it's silly, you know, carrying it everywhere, but it has made it so convenient and so easy to get my water in every day. I mean, you, you have a whole gallon in front of you, you know, exactly where you're at. You get to see it like, oh, I haven't had a whole lot or I'm not doing so bad. And it, it's just, it's such a strange, easy, helpful swap. Absolutely. And I love the gallon water bottles where they have like little motivational marks on them and yes. tell you like, great, you're doing so good or the mm -hmm. time that you're supposed to drink them. They are so fun. So I love those, but kind of shifting gears into the business side, how did you get started with Western workouts? Um, so I was, uh, an assistant trainer at Schwarzenberger equine. And uh, at the time they were actually, my oldest son was five or six in kindergarten. And so he'd go to morning kindergarten and I'd pick him up and go down and, and work horses for the day. And they were so amazing about just, you know, the, the family atmosphere and making it work around kind of my mom's schedule. Um, and then I got pregnant with my second son and I was able to ride through my pregnancy, but after having him and being a newborn, um, and my, you know, my oldest son going into full day school, I was really trying to figure out, you know, what, what was my best option? Um, being a good mom, still working. Cause it's something I truly enjoy and still helping people. And, you know, my whole life is kind of, like I said, been surrounded by either fitness or horses one way or another. And I really didn't want to give up the horse end of it, you know, but I knew I had to have an option where I could be, you know, available and accessible to my kids needs more often. And so that's when I decided, you know, it's, it's time to go into personal training, but I really want to fill that niche and still stay in the horse industry. And that's where the idea for Western workouts came together where I can, you know, personal train face-to-face one-on-one at a gym and work that schedule around my kids' schedule. 
but I could also focus on rider fitness and the really the specific needs that riders have, um, you know, hip issues, back issues, knee issues, posture, and, and just confidence and strength in the saddle. And it was kind of my best of both worlds. And I can't tell you, it has been more rewarding than I could have ever imagined because not only do I get to see people succeed and reach their goals health-wise, I get to watch the partnerships between them and their horses improve and grow and their success, wherever that may be, the, you know, the show pen or just at home or in their ability to start colts and help them learn faster. It's, it's one of the greatest things I could have ever imagined. It's, it's so rewarding to see it on both ends and just see how happy people get to be with their goals on, with their horses as, as well as, you know, their health in general. And can you kind of break down what all you're certified in? Because I know that you have quite a, quite a few different <laughs> avenue, avenues that you kind of, you know, work from to have like a whole, you know what I mean? Like a whole yeah. picture thing. Yep. So I'm an, an ACE certified personal trainer. I also have a certification um, in nutrition and sports performance. So, and then uh, I actually recently just went and got a full certification in health and wellness coaching. So that's a little bit more of a, a kind of a preparation and mental end of it when, when people aren't 100% sure about if they're ready to commit to programs, you know, training, nutrition. Um, but I, I like to, my goal is to really offer a complete circle of services um, on, on the mental end, the performance and just the nutrition end of, of true health as well as performance. You know, they, they go hand in hand, but sometimes we have to address other needs, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, high blood pressure, things like that. And then we can focus on our performance. Um, so it's kind of whole body, mind and body is my ultimate goal. And then obviously horse as well. Okay. So when you have somebody who's new to working with you and your program, what is the first thing that you kind of recommend they start doing to kind of get on this path to, to wellness and health? And because obviously you can't just like do a whole 180 and change everything right. you're doing in one day. It right. has to be like a journey. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, you couldn't be more right with that. So what I, what, when someone is interested just in even starting the process, I really uh, recommend they just reach out to me, whether it's through social media, through email. My website is currently being rebuilt. So anyone who heads that way and sees it's under construction, I apologize. It will be up and going um, soon. Uh, but reach out because I have a whole questionnaire I really like people to fill out because my goal is to not just give generic plans. I don't like the cookie cutter crap. I am not a fan of it. I know it can work for some people and some is fine. I want to help as many people as possible with their specific goals. Fitness is not one size fits all. I don't care who you are. It just isn't. Um, and that applies to riding just the same. You know, our horses are all different. They have different quirks. They move differently. Um, and then our riding is similar. So I, I really encourage people to reach out to me um, ask questions, you know, I want to get to know each person. Where are you in the process of, are you ready for change? Are you working on getting ready for change? Are you like, Hey, let's, you know, go right now. And I get to know more about you, your goals, uh, your current health situation. So nutrition, what you've been doing, fitness workout wise, if anything, uh, any mobility issues you may have, whether it's in or out of the saddle, so on and so forth. And from there, we create a customized game plan for each person I work with. It truly stems around creating not just, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just realistic plans that fit day-to-day -day life. Because again, all of our schedules are different. Our routines are different. Um, so it's creating a realistic plan, but a sustainable plan. So nothing is focused on immediate overnight change. It's what we can do step-by-step step. this week. This is our main goal. When that becomes normal, routine, feels good, you feel confident, we work on the next. I really believe when uh, people are kind of just given a plan outright, like here, just do this. 
it's really, really hard for them to adhere to it because you don't know what their normal has been. You have to know where they're coming from, both nutrition wise, fitness wise, uh, riding wise, you know, their goals there, see where they've been. So you can create those building blocks and those baby steps for success. So what kind of workouts do you do with your clients and are they mainly with items that you would find in your barn or will your clients have to go out and purchase workout equipment and just a little bit more about that? Uh, that is truly up to each individual person. So I'm here to be a absolute uh, resource. If certain people would rather, they'd prefer to either they have at home equipment already um, they're willing to invest in some, whether it be resistance bands, dumbbells, or they have things on hand like mineral blocks, grain bags, um, water buckets, or tanks you can use for things like step ups and dips. Um, it really depends on what each person has access to. So when I talk about each plan being customized, you know, I have some people that um, can go to a gym twice a week, but they want to work at home the other three days, or they want to just be at the gym or they just want to be home. Um, and I, I, every single workout is truly customized to what they have on hand or what they're interested in investing in. So it fits their current situation as best as possible. And then from there workouts, you know, also are created around their timeline each day. Some people might only have 20 minutes. Some people might have an hour and we need to make each of those time options uh, the most, uh, beneficial for the time they have more or less. We've done a lot of content with you for the magazine and yeah. you have, I mean, literally created an entire body circuit using a hay yep. bale. So yep. there's really no excuse. And I love that you find objects that somebody who has a barn will have sitting around their house. And it's just like, it kind of makes it a no excuse thing because you don't be like, Oh, well, I have to wait until I get these, like these dumbbells. Yeah. In. No, go and fill up a water bucket. Oh, exactly. And it's a hundred percent. No excuses. Um, I, I like to, you know, I say I'm, I'm, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader and your biggest resource and I'm here to support you. And when we hit roadblocks or bumps in the road along the way, we'll always address them because life is life and life happens and things happen. But at the same token, we are, we need to be our, our biggest kind of advocate. And I'm here to advocate for everyone I work with and help them in any way I can, but I need them to do that as well. So it's kind of tough love meets endless encouragement. Um, and I, all I want is to see everyone succeed. I am that total cheesy human being. I love seeing other people succeed and feel good and be happy. So it's like, well, if that's what you want, that's what we're going to make happen. And I, I, I mean, it comes down to even people I work with, like you said, you know, we made that one workout with just a hay bale. I think we've done others with some resistance bands or whatever's around. I'll have people send me pictures, like send me pictures of your barn, your shop. What do you have lying around? And we'll get creative and we'll make it happen, you know? Um, and, and you don't, it doesn't require investing tons of money. It, it really is customized for each and every person. And I have noticed over the years, it's kind of a tough concept for some people to grasp. Because a lot of fitness and a lot of what society has pushed on us is these cookie cutter plans. We'll just do it. We'll just do this plan. Just get it done. And that's great. And that, that plan probably does work if you just get it done. But if it doesn't fit what you can do daily, you're not going to keep doing it. And then you've defeated the purpose already. So when I say all everything I do from nutrition to, to workouts are customized for each individual, it truly is because I want to see them succeed and I want this to be something that they can sustainably do and keep doing and enjoy doing and have fun doing it. You know, it doesn't need to be stressful or miserable. It should be fun. Like, wow, I, I really can do this and it doesn't look conventional, but man, you know, how far does conventional fitness get everyone? It doesn't get everyone where their goals, you know, are. And, and we're here to kind of, like you said, take every excuse and throw it out the window. Yeah. And I think that social media has kind of, I mean, social media has done a lot of great, but I also think in the fitness world, it, you get a lot of false information out there. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And, and you have these people who are, you know, quote unquote 
fitness experts who don't have any certification and are mm-hmm. are saying, you know, drink this whatever detox skinny tea, tea and yeah. yeah, you name it. And it it is hard because at the end of the day, quick fixes sound exciting. But they I mean they usually never last for a very long time. Even certain ways of eating, you know, Hey, this worked really great for three months. And then after three months, I gained everything back and then some. And, and to me, I, my goal is to help people with lifelong, lifelong health, lifelong wellness, lifelong success. And, uh, so I, I agree with you on the social media and it's, oh man, it's real hit and miss. And I can see where a lot of people get overwhelmed. How do you, how do you choose? How do you pick what's right or wrong if you don't know? Yeah. And I see a lot of, you know, like you said on Instagram, all of these people who look fit and you see some of their journeys. But for me, I just recently started a fitness journey and it was really, really intimidating. And had it yeah. not been for Nicole being by my side, I might not have ever taken oh. the lead. So what kind of tips and advice would you give somebody who's nervous and scared to do this, but they know that it's going to help themselves and their horses? That's a, that's a great question. And congratulations, by the way, that's awesome. And Nicole is a fantastic partner in crime to have. She is She's a tough cookie. <laughs> I don't know about that. Michaela <laughs> actually made the semifinals of the American Rodeo, and she credits her, uh, her fitness journey. I think uh, the, the the listeners of our podcast know that we are both boxing, and we have a boxing gym. Yes, I, that's awesome. Yeah, and she had never stepped at foot in a gym until August of last year, and then she's, like, putting these insane times in the uh, arena when she's barrel racing now. So Check and, you and- out. Congratulations. That's awesome. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, but it was so <laughs> scary stepping into the gym. I was the girl right. in school that everybody would look at and be like, ha-ha, you're never going to be like an athlete or, you know, oh, you doing a squat or, you know, lifting weights. That's so funny. And now, you know, here I am. Now look at you. <laughs> that's, ah, oh, that story alone. That's fantastic. Um, so first of all, for anyone out there who's scared or nervous, that, I guess that to me, I, I know what it feels like to be intimidated, to step out of your comfort zone, to do something that scares you to death. And as much as it's easier said than done, especially once you've done it a few times, if it scares you, you're on the right track. If it makes you nervous, you're on the right track because all of those out of our comfort zone things, that's where our massive growth is. That's where the magic is. That's where mentally and physically you really change in in incredible ways. So that's number one. Uh, Two, Either, you know, maybe research trainers in your area if that's something you're interested in. Um, research trainers in your area, maybe ask some of your friends uh, if they've worked with any trainers, if they have any recommendations, you know, friends who have, have been in the gym, um, have have kind of, you know, been around the block a little because my biggest thing, especially when it comes to like hiring a trainer, is this is each individual selfish time. This is your investment in yourself. This is, you know, your time investment, not just financially in yourself and in bettering yourself. So finding someone that you track well with and that you're comfortable with really matters. And if a trainer's not willing to give you like a 30 minute free consultation so they can get to know you or you can get to know them, which I think is just as important, if not most important, then you need to walk away and, and look for a different one. If finding a trainer isn't maybe the route you're wanting to take or not comfortable taking, um, very similar to, you know, like what you said, having Nicole by your side, reach out to a friend that's doing it or has done it or has more confidence because going into a gym or a setting that you're not comfortable in with someone who is kind of gives you that, that secondary confidence and it gives you that, okay, well, I might be uncomfortable, but they're not. I'm going to follow their lead. And they can give you the ins and outs of just etiquette, um, you know, in the gym, put your weights away, wipe your stuff down. Um, But they can also get you comfortable and just getting used to moving your body in a different way. You know, whether it's lifting weights, doing cardio, boxing, yoga, it's different than riding, especially if what you've mainly done is riding and you want to get better. So it's moving your body in different ways and learning how to do that without feeling silly. And I will promise anyone and everyone who is uncomfortable 
or nervous about other people at the gym watching and judging. I mean, I was there, I attempted to be a trail runner a few years ago and definitely was out of my league and thought everyone was, you know, sitting there looking at me like, what is she doing here? Most people aren't doing that. We, we do that to ourselves. We get in our own heads and we have to remember that you matter more than someone else's opinion. And again, I know it's easier said than done, but find that partner to have that accountability partner or that friend that has that confidence, reach out to a reputable trainer and someone who cares about you and your goals and then run with it, you know, just run wild. Well, and I think you make a really solid point with the finding somebody who knows what they're doing because it, it's no different than riding a horse. You don't want to just jump on a horse when you don't know what you're doing. You want to mm -hmm. have guidance from a professional. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you are lucky enough to find a professional fitness trainer, like it's so important to learn proper position so that you aren't hurting yourself yep. and you are actually doing stuff that's going to help improve your riding. But yeah, I think one of the things that I truly, truly love about the boxing and it's, it's great because it's a physical outlet and there's so much to it, but it's helped us with riding in the sense that it's a very mental sport too. And so yes. you're constantly having to outthink your opponent or else you're going to get hit in the face. <laughs> I, have, I have been hit in the face and you know, it, it's no different than if you're working a cow and you're trying yeah. to read what this cow is about to do so that you don't have a cow running loose in the arena. Exactly. And so it's going to help riding in so many other ways than just building strength, which obviously it's going to help build strength and you're going to be course. a stronger rider and all that. No, I, yeah, that's, that's so true. And I, I've touched on, um, I think it was in one of the articles I touched on spatial awareness and that sounds kind of silly to some of us, but when you're riding, just being aware of where your body is, I can't tell you the number of times, you know, I learning different disciplines. I mean, reigning for one going to spin this horse and they keep jumping out of their spin. And it was like, what, like, what is going on here? Well, it wasn't, it was me like my, you know, they did exactly what I asked. So it's paying attention to, your body and the great thing with finding any, any physical outlet that isn't riding is it makes your brain, like you said, it makes your brain work again. You have to constantly be thinking and am I in the right position? And then over time it becomes second nature and similar to riding, you know, we kind of get in second nature, but I think it's also sometimes when we get sloppy, you know, we can get by, you know, short changing our horse on, maybe you're not cueing your lead change right when you should, but your horse kind of carries you through it. Well, man, what if you gave him the benefit of the doubt and you're cueing right, right when you needed to right in stride because you feel it and they feel it and your body's there for it. And you really get a lot of that through physical fitness outside of the saddle is knowing where your body is in conjunction to everything else going on. And the more you can work on that, you know, I, I've always said, you know, feel is something you can't teach, but you can do things to improve it for sure. And boxing is a great example. Your feel in boxing has just got to be huge. And I'm, I'm no expert when it comes to that, but just the application of it, you know, the feel in your hands, the, the feel in your response. Am I going to respond with fast hands, slow hands? And I think that applies just the same to riding. So allowing yourself kind of the growth in so many areas is you're never going to regret it. That's for sure. Yeah. And like I said, you know, being new to the fitness journey, I had no idea how closely you could relate fitness to yeah. riding. All I did was ride horses and I didn't know that I could apply the applications of boxing and just the fundamentals of, you know, working out in general so much to my horse. And it makes me even analyze my horse's workout that much. Yes. I love that. That's fantastic. That's so spot on. Yeah, no, and it's great because, you know, like they always say in boxing, like you have to have soft hands. And I'm like sitting here going, wait, aren't you like your fist is going to somebody's <laughs> face, but it makes sense. And it's the same thing with like when you're riding a horse, like you might be going like balls to the walls down the you know fence to, to do something. But if your hands are rigid, your, your right. body's not in the right position. And so it's, it's super fascinating to be able to take things from other Ave like other avenues of yep. fitness and apply it yep. to the riding. Um, well, you know, I even think about like something like posture, 
you know, everyone thinks they should have good posture because it's just good for you. You should have good posture. Sit up straight. Don't slouch. We've all heard it. But, you know, for this is a great example, I think, is if so, if you're sitting in your chair right now, if you're listening to this, sit in your chair and close your eyes and slouch your back. And don't get me wrong. There are certain applications in writing, obviously, where you're going to slouch and sit deep in your pockets. But actually round your back and slouch, it drives your hips forward, which then drives your feet forward. Let's say you're riding like that and you need to cue back for a nice lead change. Try and swing your leg with your back rounded out and crouch. It just doesn't go that far. But then sit up and think of bringing your belly button to your spine and kind of lift your wings is what I call like your lats, your back, lift your wings and sit up nice and tall and see where your hip position is now and how much more mobility and movement you have in that leg. So it's, it's one of those things. We think of good posture because it looks nice. Well, sitting up straight in good posture, it affects everything else in our body and what we're doing. And our horse feels that. We don't always slow down and apply it. So it's, it's amazing what you can do with very, very little tweaks, you know, fitness wise or, or body structure strength wise, and then feel all the benefits in the saddle. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Nicole and I were just over here as you were telling our listeners to, you know, <laughs> sit up straight, and, you know, don't slouch. Nicole and I were actually slouching before you started to say anything. We kind of looked at each other like, oh no, oh, no. a bad <laughs> habit that both of us have. So kind of funny that you did that. And, you know, then as you were talking us through it, we both did it and we looked at each other and it just clicked and it made so much sense because, yeah, like you said, you know, some events you're going to need to sit down and be on your pockets. But, and then when you said that lead change, it totally makes sense because you can't do that. And all are you going to be cueing your horse right at your shoulder, at their shoulder? Are you going to sit up and cue them just right back behind their cinch? And it's, it's allowing yourself to have your legs where they need to be before you have to move them there. I like the soft hands though, with the boxing reference, that's, that's a fantastic reference, especially at high speeds. When we're riding at high speeds, we tend to have kind of fast, rigid hands versus when you have the strength in your body and you have the confidence in your seat and in your posture or your core strength, your abdominal and low back strength to, to ride that horse at that speed, but keep your hands soft and slow because you're all right there. I mean, that's, that was, I like that one a lot. Yeah. I, I'd never, you know, in a million years, if someone was like, Hey, you have to have soft hands in boxing. I'd be like, huh? What are you right. about? <laughs> uh, it, it makes total sense. And it's the yeah. same thing with like balance, you know, when I first started, I would lean forward into that, you know, punch or whatever. Oh, and my yeah. coach was like, would you lean forward if you're cueing your horse like that? And I'm like, no. And she's like, then why are you doing it here? And um, I'm so thankful that she relates things to horses so that I can that's understand awesome. it. <laughs> that, no, that's awesome. And that's the sign of a, a good coach or trainer in any, any regard, whatever you find, if it's your time and investment and you're telling them, Hey, these are my goals. Even if they're not, you know, a rider specialist or versed in riding, You'd like to think that they can make the application, you know, and just embody and movement. You know, that's, that's awesome. You know, we love our coaches and everything, but we want to know how you've adjusted your business during the COVID-19 pandemic and what has changed for you. Um, oddly enough, I got busier and I'm incredibly grateful for that. I think it, um, it really gave me, because I do train, uh, I train people, I guess, of, of all nature, uh, athletes, you know, teenagers up to, you know, moms and dads up to, I have a couple clients that are well in their seventies working on PR in their marathon times. So I definitely have a plethora or of, of clients. Um, but this, with the gym actually shutting down itself, it really gave me a time, a chance to focus on like one, you know, I'm still rebuilding my website. And it gave me a chance to focus on that online presence. And I think that's really helpful when it comes to the Western workouts business end of it and working with riders. Because, you know, if your job is outside of the barn and outside of your horses, and then you need to find time to work with your horses, it also is tough to find time to meet someone in the gym one-on-one. -on -one. And 
a lot of times I've, I mean, a lot of my clients are in the middle of nowhere ranching. They just aren't going to drive an hour and a half or two hours to a gym each day. So it gave me a chance to focus on those people and reaching out to them and giving them um, that kind of 100% focus of like, all right, we're going to sit down and make a plan that fits you. We're going to do weekly check-ins. We have, you know, daily I talk with the majority of my clients daily and that's kind of up to each of them, you know, some, some not every day and some every day, but, uh, and it gave me a chance to really apply and this might sound silly, but because I work, you know, part-time at a gym training people one-on-one, I use the gym a lot. And this really gave me a chance to own in on a lot of the workouts that I create and a lot of the workouts I've sent out and utilize them right here at my house, you know, because I didn't have the option of going to the gym and because I'm there, I use it and I didn't have it to use. And it was really, really nice to, to do all of that right in my own backyard. And then I wasn't racing around like, all right, got to go to the gym and then get back and then work my horses. I could work out right on my back patio or right in front of my round pen. Um, And then half the time, you know, go toss jeans and boots on and keep my sweaty old tops and go work my horses. And it was so fun for me to put myself in that position that I asked my clients to be in. It gave me a lot more insight into how, I guess, how enjoyable it can be and how, I don't want to say easy, easy is not, you know, a great word, but really how doable it can be when you choose to make it that way. So you obviously with the, with the gyms being shut down and everything, you had to go to a virtual platform. Are you were already doing that beforehand, correct? I was already doing that beforehand. Um, I feel like due to the COVID situation, a lot more people looked that direction than had prior. That's awesome. And do you see like in the future working with more people remotely? Are you, are you enjoying that? Um, I, I am really enjoying it. I won't lie. I do, you know, I have my handful of clients here um, that actually don't live far. So I, you know, I get to go and watch them ride their horses, work their horses. We take video and kind of assess, you know, their seat or any, you know, body issues going on. And I, I do love that because that's when I, I really get to see the, like the hands-on of it. But I, I do think that the remote the online training is really going to be um, most beneficial for people just because uh, of the nature of the lifestyle, if that makes sense. Whether, you know, you ride English Western, you're ranching, you're competing, you're trail riding. Most people tend to live, you know, that, that busier life. They're already, you know, like I said, job, time with their horses, whether it's home or at a boarding facility. Um, and I think that online gives them just as much support. It gives them just as much customization um, as they could ever get, you know, face-to-face one-on-one, but it also gives them the benefit of making it fit into their schedule whenever, instead of like, oh man, you know, at this time I've got to make it to this gym to meet for this appointment. It's something that they can utilize as they see fit you know, when they have time each day, maybe, you know, I don't know about you guys, but me owning horses, like the other morning, my nice little filly, uh, she either got ran through the fence by something and thank God, somehow she has no scratch on her. I don't, I don't know how she managed that, but I was going to get my workout done that morning. Instead, I wound up fixing fence and getting my workout done that night. Um, and I think that's just kind of a part of the lifestyle as well. You know, day to day might not always look the same. So you can adjust when you do what, and the online gives that option because everything's in your hands at your discretion. Um, but I always love getting any chance possible to meet, you know, the people I work with face-to-face. I do, we do FaceTimes and Skypes and all of that as well, just cause I'm, I'm a, I think it's important, just that connection. And kind of going off of that, like being at home more, you just got a new reigning prospect, right? Can you- uh... did. Can you talk a little bit? Because you had to step away from the horses um, to to raise your family, and yeah. your husband was busy uh, outfitting, and you had your workout, you know, business. Yeah. Going, 
and so but now you have a performance horse again i'm so excited so you know we we live north of wellington and we you know we've always had horses um like you said my husband was guiding and packing for an outfitter um you know and we kind of took care of that string of horses in terms of all the doctoring and health uh needs and we always had ours but uh, a few years back, I had to put down my nice mare. She had a fluke deal and ruptured her guttural pouch, and that was a bummer. Um, and I just kind of, you know, we always had the the mountain horses, and they're great horses, so I kind of called it good enough. But like you said, yeah, I had to step away from the performance end a little bit and just focus on business and family. And um, my husband, actually, he's, he's a horseshoer as well. And some of his clients, uh, they get breedings from the Rocky Mountain Reigning Horse Stallion Auction each year and uh they had some really nice colts down there and he asked me to go down and look one day and um this little filly just she's an ref black mamba filly and she she just kind of had that attitude and style to her the way she moved and, and i just liked her personality really she's she's got a little bit of that sass but she's so level-headed um and uh I went back and forth on it forever. And my, my husband is just the world's best because I think where a lot of husbands were like, don't buy another horse. He was the one pushing for it. Like, no, now's your time. Do it, do it. And she has just been awesome. Uh, we, you know, we got her going under saddle and she is so ready for her first ride. She's had a couple, uh, uh, I guess just horse, you know, horse accidents, injuries, scraping herself up because good Lord, man, they're good at that. So uh, we're getting ready to put our first ride on her pretty quick. And, and she's just been phenomenal. I, I haven't had a, a colt this nice in a long time, or a filly, excuse me. So I'm, I'm just pumped to see what she uh, winds up being. Are you planning on showing her too? Or is it just like a, a play well, project? Yeah, I, yes, I am definitely planning on showing her. Um, I'm not going to do any futurity stuff with her, but I'm, you know, we're just going to, she's kind of small right now. So we're just going to start her and see how she goes along and then kind of make our plans from there. But I ultimately, yes, my goal is to show her and get back in the show pen. Um, I just miss competing. I've, I've always been a very competitive person and I, I love that challenge of, again, like, you know, I said earlier, it's not about any of us not being able to ride or not being good riders. It's just about being better. And I really want to be able to provide uh, my, I want to be a, a good role model and example for all my clients on all levels. And I think that would just kind of top it off is to get back and, and compete again. And, you know, I think practicing what you preach is very important, especially as a, a trainer or coach. So I'm excited to see where, where she takes me. Absolutely. That's so much fun. So where can our listeners find you, whether it's social media or your website? Uh, so on Facebook, they can find me at Western Workouts. On Instagram, uh, I am Western underscore workouts. And then my website is westernworkouts.com. Uh, like I said, it's currently under construction. I should actually have it up by the end of the week is my goal. And I'm very excited about it. We put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, I just wanted to make it a little more user-friendly, give a little more information so people can either reach out with questions or just say, hey, I'm ready and click you know, sign up and then I can contact them. Yeah. And like I said earlier, Kelly is going to do some videos with us for our on-demand platform. We're so, so excited. I have been pitching this for like a year and a half now because I love, I so enjoy any time I get to spend with Kelly. So I love getting to work with you. It is uh, an absolute joy. So if you guys have not had the opportunity to check out any of the articles that she's done for us in the past, you guys have to check out the video stuff because I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic. Uh, we're going to have some fun. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. We had so much fun talking with you. Oh, thank and you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. We're just so thankful that you're part of the horse and rider team <sighs> and we just, we love that you bring a different kind of knowledge to horse and rider. And I think it's just as important as the horse training part. So thank you again. Oh, thank you guys. I, I can't thank you enough. It's been an absolute pleasure on my end. Thank you guys for tuning into the ride podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow horse and rider magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com. 
If you guys have any questions or comments, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at aimmedia.com. We want to hear from you guys. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. How many stars, Michaela? Five stars, please.